Captain's Log, Stardate 73899.1 At long last, the station and the USS Vigilance seem to both be free of challenges. A delegation from Earth will be arriving, and one member of the delegation is a dear friend that I hope to speak to regarding the start of a recent trek he has engaged in. This episode of These Are the Voyages is dedicated to new adventures. Well, hey gang, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, I'm Captain Chase McKinney, and today we got some Seth Trek for you guys. I'm not talking about the Orville, I'm talking about a guy named Seth that's watching Star Trek. I'm talking about my good friend, Seth Johnson. Hey, everybody. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey. How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just holding the carpet down. I mean, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, there's better, there, I guess there's worse things to be doing, so. That's true. I'm on this side of the dirt, so that's something that's totally working out for me right now. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, Seth uh, and I know each other from uh, church. We, we met at church, uh, gosh, it's been about a year and a half when I started going to uh, going there. And I think you're like the first or second person that I met. And I'm like, you're my person now. So I'm going to, you know, be your friend, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Type now, of thing. now we get together and dance it out, you know, whenever we're going through hard times. No, that's Grey's Anatomy. Is it? That's what this show is about, right? Grey's Anatomy? Absolutely. This is the Grey's Anatomy, You're My Person podcast. Got it. Okay, cool. I didn't know what I'm doing here, so I'm just asking. I don't know the characters besides, you know, Grey and the one that I see on the screen from time to time. I'm like, hey, it's that person. Okay. That's anytime I'm walking through the living room, my wife is watching Grey's Anatomy. And she's seen, like, it's like what, on like 15, 16 seasons now, I think? It's Maybe been 20? On, I don't know. It's been on longer than Star Trek, I think. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. That's that's interesting right there. It's a lot. Dadgum. Woo! All right. Well, anyway, uh, Seth, you, um, you're pretty active with our church, and um, Seth also is, uh, is pretty awesome when it comes to podcasting. Uh, himself, he he's you've done I think at least one other one besides the one that you're currently doing. Yeah, and uh, the one that you do right now, I know my wife and I we listen to it every single week when it drops. It's part of our um, our morning routine now each week. And um, why don't you just take take a, a minute or two and just kind of put in a plug for uh, your podcast, Dropping Sunday? Yeah, sure. So um, me and one of my friends, her name is Andrea. We, uh, we do a, a show called Dropping Sunday. It drops Sunday. Real original title. No we way. worked hard on it, yeah. But it does drop every Sunday at 3.16 a.m. And is, is a, <laughs> uh, it is a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture. There's, uh, there's a lot of things that in, in pop culture that really are made by Christians for Christians, really for Christian consumption. And so we just kind of take a semi-reverent look at it. You know, we, we, don't, uh, we don't get sacrilegious with anything. The goal of the show isn't to rake anybody over the coals or to be mean about anything. There's just, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of angst and anger 
that comes with a lot of uh, ex-evangelicals that are looking at Christian pop culture. We didn't want to be that. But at the same time, there's also some humor that can ha- can be had and, and should be had at, uh, at our own expenses. So it's, you know, a couple of believers kind of laughing at ourselves. Uh, we, we take God really seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously. And so we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do a couple episodes like just on Christianese, some of the funny words that we say, or if there's yes. a new album that's come out or some crazy movie, we'll, we'll, we'll look at all of those things. And so it's, uh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, and we're available on all the stuff uh, at Dropping Sunday. You can follow us. And we got a website, www.droppingsunday.com. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks for letting me do the plug. Yeah, man, totally. I mean, like, if one person goes from, you know, from this podcast to me, that's great. That's one more listener that you get. And hopefully uh, someone will type, how's your heart? And then you have to fork over a buck to whatever charity you're doing that week. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of the things that we do try to give as much as we can to uh, local charities and ministries just by uh, just and just by having listeners engage with us. Yeah. 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 I think. I don't know if I have a favorite episode. Um, I know the Christianese one and Christianese two are definitely up there. Yeah. Uh, like with some really good belly laughs and uh, yeah, like the movie reviews that you guys have done too has been great. Your your very first like episode zero, I think is what it was, was uh, Kanye's album. So if there are any Kanye fans that listen here, um, go check them out. If you like Kanye, then you know listen to them talk about that and you know. Kanye saying you're my number one with a lemonade and it'll be good. Yeah. Be good times. Good times. Big fan of Chick-fil-A, that guy. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so. Oh, good grief. Well, um, you know, with this this podcast, we're just here to have fun. Um, that's really all it boils down to. I've I've talked about this on the show before, uh, for some of the listeners that have been here for, you know, more than a minute. Um, the genesis of the show was like, hey, you talk about Star Trek a lot. You need to do a podcast and stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, because there's not enough Star Trek podcasts. And trying to figure out an angle of like, what's the show going to be about? I'm like, we're just going to have fun. Because if I just try and focus on literature or comic books or episode by episode reviews, I'm just, it, it's not going to be fun. And so anyways, we're just having fun. That's all this is. We're just going to go wherever our, our warp drive will allow us to go. So, um, with that, with that, um, and, and kind of that understanding of what this show kind of is, I kind of want to maybe take a little bit of time and kind of understand, uh, maybe your relationship to Star Trek. Like, did you watch it when you were kids, your parents, anything like that? What was the initial exposure of when you kind of started coming towards Trek? Okay. So my first exposure to really anything Star Trek was the next generation. I'm going to show my age a little bit. I was five years old when season one came out. Okay. So my dad would watch it and it would be on. Now, was my five-year-old brain really ready to, you know, dive into the complexities of <laughs> of uh, really whether or not the Starfleet is, you know, trying to destroy itself from the inside? No, probably not. So I was really more focused on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's just be honest. Like that's that that was my jam growing up and a little bit to this day. Um, However, I do remember my dad also taking me to see pretty much every Star Trek movie that ever came out. And so 
I, I was way more familiar with the movies. Um, not only the original movies as far as the Kirk movies, but um, I, I don't know the better name for them, right? Because that, that, that's just, sorry, they're, to me, they're the Kirk movies. It's, the, yeah, it's uh, fine. Kirk okay. movies, original series, or, movies doesn't matter. Okay, great. Um, but, you know, I, I do know that uh, coming up, at least at some point, uh, Picard gets to be in a movie. I don't know when that happens, but it, it, in the series, because I'm, I'm just in season one right now. So that's that's where I'm at. Our house was really a Star Wars house, though, if I can be honest. And in the battle between, you know, Star Wars and Star Trek, you know, we were a bit of a divided house. One of my brothers was really into Star Wars. One of them was really into Star Trek. But at the end of the day, Star Wars kind of won out. And so I'm way more familiar with the lore of... Uh, of the Jedi than I necessarily am Starfleet. So okay. when when I was just, I mean, honestly, the, the Rona hit, and I was like, I got to have something to do and something to watch and something to get into. And, uh, you know, one of my buddies, the, the guy that I'm looking at on the other screen at right here, and uh, as well <laughs> as, uh, as some other friends were really, are, they're, they're more Star Trek people than they are Star Wars people. So... I was like, you know what? I'm going to try out The Next Generation. It's available on Amazon. Let's start season one, episode one, and see what happens. And so, uh, so yeah, that's what I'm doing right now, is that uh, my free time is uh, kind of involves this whole other group of uh, characters, this family that that is new to me. Yeah. All right. Good old streaming services, making things possible for folks. Absolutely. Love it. Because what am I going to do? Go out and buy a DVD box set? Come on. I mean, half price books, I'm sure you can get like one season for like, what, 50 cents or something? Probably. They might know, pay like, this is... 50 cents to take it. Who knows? <laughs> so this is like a total like random side. But like I was at, I can't remember if it was at the, the one in Dallas, like the Mothership one, or if it was the one over by uh, Ridgemar Mall in Fort Worth. But I saw like all of Stargate SG-1, another favorite sci-fi series of mine, and you could get all ten seasons. Like they were, they were in each season's like sleeve, right? Yeah. You could get all of them for ten bucks. I'm like, you're friggin' kidding me! You're gonna sell ten seasons for ten bucks? You you bought it? Yeah. I mean, praise be to half price books. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Um, I have never been as fortunate to find all the seasons of Buffy for 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 relatively cheap. Usually, Buffy still is pretty going at a pretty high premium, but that's that was my show in uh, in high school, college. Well, more so college was good old okay. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. I still need to watch that. So if you ever find it or know if no, a good place, streaming. I can. St- I think Netflix, oh, it is streaming. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I need to check it out. I got enough people bugging me that I need to watch Buffy or something. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that the dude from Bones and Valentine are, are in it or is in it. The dude that plays like the demon love interest person. Yeah. Whatever his name is. I don't yeah. know. Do you, dude, we can start a Buffy pod if you want to. But <laughs> <laughs> The roles will be reversed. There we go. <laughs> Good old Joss Whedon. Uh, but yeah, like if by the way, if you find growing paints on box set, I'm totally looking for that, too. Because I don't have a Roku and I'm too cheap to get one to watch on the Roku channel. Just okay. saying. Let me let me just I'm gonna put this in I'm gonna put this in your uh, little bee in your bonnet, um, and this 
Not the I bees. Po- Please, not the bees. Not the bees. Um, there's going to be inside jokes. I apologize. But <laughs> this is also going to be a little bit inside baseball. The music that plays before our church service is the same chord progression and melody as the as the theme song to Growing Pains. Just, just I'm, so you know. I'm 100, I'm 100% aware of that. And our video announcements, it's like taken straight from like some you know tv wall panel advertisement thing that you see like at walmart and target yeah same sound bit i don't oh is but it yeah yeah i like it i'm like wait what there's video announcements here at target what's going on man this That's is weird funny. yeah but yeah i i have slightly noticed that and i'm like maybe this is like subliminal like yeah maybe i need to get growing pains i don't i don't think it's meant to be on purpose at all i don't know I mean, uh, uh, anyways, we're we're way, we're we're off the rails already. We're only sorry about that. Like what? Ten minutes in. It's all good. It's great. I love it. I love it. So you you're you're five. Uh, whenever uh, Next Generation aired in um, 1987. Yeah. So uh, even though you were kind of young uh, when it first aired, do you have any memories of of the show um, that early on? My, my biggest memory was what's wrong with the reading rainbow guy. So that was my first. Okay. <laughs> That's my earliest memory. What's wrong with that guy? Um, I remember uh, there being an Android, right? Or there being a robot, I think is what I called them at the time. There's the robot man. Um, I'm trying to think. That was pretty much it. I mean, you know, the captain was bald. There was a really pale robot, and and the Reading Rainbow guy was blind. That's really all that I had rattling around from my childhood. Now the with with you being a Star Wars family, is that just with you, your wife, and kids, or was that with your parents and and your siblings as oh, well? Yeah, I should definitely clarify. That's not my wife and kids. No, that was me growing up. My uh, my oldest brother got to see Star Wars when it was just called Star Wars in the theater. Yeah. And so he was hooked from, from the beginning, and then I just kind of grew up in that. And so, yeah, we were always just – we were always a Star Wars – Star Wars-centric family. Okay. Um, with my wife and kids my, – my wife has seen every Star Wars movie. My kids are – they're just not into it. And I'm not the type of dad to shove anything down their throat. Um, I try not to be, try not to be anything, but I mean, there are some things that we shove down their throats like vegetables and whatnot. Disney. But, yeah. And well, we kind of let them come to, come to their own saving knowledge of Disney on their, by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so um, yeah, for, for the most part, we try not to just, you know, do anything. So we kind of let them self discover uh, Star Wars, and I did say, "Hey, I'm going to start watching Star Trek. Who wants to watch it?" Everybody's like, "Yeah, sure, we'll start watching." Uh, what I found is, if I start an episode at bedtime, both of my kids will be asleep before the episode's over. So it's actually been pretty beneficial because it, it's just not holding their attention either. But that's fine; they like it because Daddy's watching it. That's fine with me because cool. my kids are still okay. Young. Yeah, gotcha. So I don't know if I've um, share this with you, Seth, but uh, for the longest time, like I was a Star Wars fan. Um, it's I'm still a fan. It's just not my main my main thing. Yeah. 
Um, I can remember uh, at, at one point, and I don't want to spoil things for you because you haven't gotten there yet, man, um, but there was a point in Star Trek that I saw in syndication, and it was like 90-something. So, I mean, I like in the early 90s when that was coming out, I was probably six or seven thereabouts whenever okay. I saw this particular scene and I just remember having nightmares and I'm like oh my god like I'm never watching that show again and then I and I would be staying at my uncle's house and watching whatever was on TV while they were building air conditioners and yeah I just kind of didn't like connect the dots and just kind of ignored it the rest like for like the next so many years and um I remember going to the movie theater, the very same movie theater that you and I went to see um, Rise of Skywalker a few months okay. ago with my best friend and his mom, and it was the movie Star Trek Insurrection, which came out in 1998. And we go in, and I'm thinking I'm going to watch a Star Wars movie. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. And we get in there, and I see these these folks just like kind of holding these like little you know, handheld thingies. I'm like, wait, those aren't lightsabers. What's going on, man? And I didn't have my full-on, you know, Trek awakening until towards the end of high school uh, in early college. And uh, it has vastly uh, trumped Star Wars. But again, like I said, I like Trek and I like Star Wars. Newsflash, you can like both. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I'll... That, that's, listen, if a Star Wars fan can step into this world and say anything, it's that... Man, these are two way different things. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, I consider it as much. Like I don't even consider them both sci-fi. Am I allowed to say that? Like I don't think that Star Wars is sci-fi. I think it's fantasy, and I think okay. that, like that. That's just where my brain puts it. In the same thing as dragons, right? Like I mean, I, my brain puts puts Star Wars in a different realm than sci-fi. It's okay. a long time ago in a land far away there was monsters and it happens to be in space that doesn't make it science fiction it, it makes it fantasy star trek is true science fiction mm-hmm. and and the fact that it's forward thinking and that like i don't think there's ever going to be like a star destroyer but a lot of the things that showed up in star trek has have, have actually showed up in real life and so i think that they've yeah. been yeah i mean yeah i don't even think it's the same genre yeah like I've been kind of, uh, uh, kind of tagging off, um, at, or whenever I'm doing the sign off in more re- these more recent episodes, um, I've been making kind of fun of like some of the Kirk technology. Mm-hmm. Like there's, um, at one point there's like this predecessor basically of an iPad in 1960s Star Trek with William Shatner, and it it's it's like a clipboard, but it's got like the Apple Pen, pencil or whatever it's called, Apple pencil. Mm-hmm. Pencil. And and then it's got like the just like the tablet, but it looks like one of those like industrial uh, clipboards, you know, that you can kind of open and put stuff in. Yeah. You know know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So it looks like that, but they like dressed it up. And what do you know, man? We have an iPad. Yeah. And like they refined this iPad looking thing in the next generation. And we are getting off track already. And I love it. I love it so much um but yeah like the the stuff of star trek has certainly highly influenced Mm -hmm. um the technology the thoughts even careers today like you watch any documentary uh, about star trek and stuff they 
they focus on folks that um, grew up on the show, whether it was Kirk or Picard, and how that led them to the career, like in STEM and stuff, and going into the military and wanting to work for NASA and build rocket ships and things like that. That's that's good sci-fi, to your point. So, um, so you you the the Rona hits and you're like, I need something to kill some time. So, hi Amazon, what's going on, buddy? Yeah. And um, you start watching Next Generation. Now, um, did you pace yourself whenever you're watching Next Gen, or did you just kind of like, you know, binge the heck out of it? Yeah, I was gonna go for like a, an episode or two a night, and then um, just to be honest, one night I needed to paint my office, and I don't, I just, I needed to do it while not during not working hours, and so I, um, I started it, you know, probably around four. Um, the the project of painting my office, taping everything off, and I went ahead and just put it on the screen. Um, and I pulled a literal all nighter, like I didn't go to sleep at all, and it played the entire night. And I and I, I consumed quite a bit of Star Trek while while painting this office that I'm in right now. Quite okay. A bit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, um, how much how much do you know about? Uh, like what led up to the creation of Next Gen- Generation? Have you looked into that at all? Legit, your- I know, legit, I know zero. Okay, I'm I'm going in like, cool. They wanted to reboot a series. Here, here we go. Let's reboot a series. Uh huh. That's all I know. So, it, part of this was was talked a little bit about in an earlier episode called Trek Wars and how. Star Trek inspired Star Wars, and Star Wars re-inspired Star Trek, basically. Okay. Uh, and it had to do with the success that sci- so sci-fi was doing really well on, on television. George Lucas was inspired by Star Trek. He creates the movie series that we know now. And because of how well sci-fi was doing in the theater, Star Trek like had a cult following even after they were canceled. Got it. And Paramount's like... Yeah, let's let's see what we can do. And the motion picture was just god awful boring. At least I think it is. I put it on whenever I need to take a nap. To be honest with you. Okay. And um, anyways, it has just flourished. But as it flourished, the budget and everything started to really go through the roof. And it was right around the fourth movie, which is the one about the whales. If you've ever heard people talk about oh, yeah. that whale yeah, movie. Yeah, no, I saw I saw all those. Yeah. Okay, so it was right around Voyage Home, the whale movie, that uh, they were thinking like, yeah, maybe we stand, we can stand a chance of bringing Star, Star Trek back to the small screen. So part of them bringing Next Gen back was also uh, part of the, the process of making, making the fifth movie because things were so high, you had to have this other, other generator to bring in all this money. Got it. So it was... It was um, like some major convergence um, in, a, in a way uh, that was kind of going on. And there were some botched ideas from earlier attempts of Star Trek TV shows, one that was going to be called Star Trek Phase 2 that Roddenberry wrote. And um, anyway, so we're in the first season, and it's in 1987. And we have the pilot, Encounter at Farpoint. Uh, what do you think about just the pilot, this introduction to this cast for this new uh, Star Trek TV show. Okay. Um, personally, it was all over the place for me. It, it's, it's you know, 
almost two hours and it's because it's the two-parter right and so for me right. it was it was all over the place and i was like i didn't know if q was going to be a full-time character i didn't i mean and now now that i've kind of seen the seen the season i've seen that he's come back and everything else like that that now i understand like okay he's going to show up and maybe push the story along or or he'll be he'll, he'll be here for whatever but um to me I was still trying to wrap my head around um, all of these people. And that's when I just realized, you know what? This this show has seven full seasons. And not, I'm not talking about like today. I'm not talking about 2020 seasons where you get 10 episodes of an hour long show that you call that a season and be done. Like, I, I, I see. I'm going to have to deal with seven full 26 hour seasons. <laughs> and... And, and <laughs> there's plenty of time to develop all these people. Let me just try to uh, enjoy these episodes right up, up front. Um, and so I kind of set aside all the, pre, uh, the preconceived notions of, you know, Data's a robot. Um, I set aside the notion of, like, reading Rainbow Guys, just a blind guy. Like, okay, no, what do I need to learn about all these people? And so once I was able to do that, I was able to kind of lean into it a little bit more and, and enjoy it quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. Encounter Farpoint was a, was a, an episode or, or two part episode that was kind of just like, what? It's like that blinking yeah. gif thing. Like yeah. what's going on? Y'all can't see me, but yeah, that's, that's what it is. And truthfully, it's because of of the writing team that was part of it, DC Fontana and Gene Roddenberry, that were part of it. Um, DC wrote her wrote the story treatment and submitted it, and it was just going to be about the mystery of Farpoint Station. It wasn't going to be this other stuff that was just thrown in. Yeah, like uh, the, the trial and all that stuff that was thrown in, like kind of last minute by Gene Roddenberry. Uh, because there was something about like, hey, we I need to be on the writing credit for this to be able to stand a chance or some other stuff. And DC, she had dealt with some some sexism whenever she was writing on the original series. So there was already like some frustration uh, with what was going on just in this pilot episode. Okay. Um, now, we haven't gotten, you know, to the next 25 episodes yet, but so far... Do you have like um, a character maybe besides Picard that you like more than others? Um, I'll say this: that in season one, I don't like Picard. Okay. Like I, it's not until, especially not at the beginning. It's not until way later that they actually develop his character that I actually start to like him. But at the beginning of the season, I'm like, "Mm, okay, I get it. You're you're the hero, but. Um, there was no nuance to his character from from the beginning until they actually invoked the nuance. They like which they did. They re- they did a good job, and now I freaking love them. Right? Like, I mean, I get that. Um, we're gonna talk about Riker here in a minute, but because um, <laughs> <laughs> good old Riker, um, I I'm a big fan of um, I'm. As much as I, as much as I don't like him in this season, or especially at the very beginning, um, good old Wesley, I, I like him. 
Like, I think he's probably my favorite character. I want to say Lieutenant Yar. I really do, but I think that's only because I've got a bit of a crush on her. I've got a Uh-oh. big crush. I've got a big crush on Lieutenant Yar. This is Uh-oh. true. Yeah. Uh, you have a crush on on Lieutenant Yar or on Denise Crosby? Um. So I don't know anything about Denise Crosby other than the fact that she played Lieutenant Yar. I think my crush is on Lieutenant Yar. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about that that romance that you might have with her uh, here in a little bit. Yeah, it might be a little short lived, but you know it is what it is. <laughs> Not, yeah. Well. Yeah. Too yeah. soon. Too soon. Too soon. Still hurts. <laughs> All right. So you you mentioned that there are um, uh, twenty six episodes of of this. Uh, if you really if you want to get technical, like maybe twenty five, twenty seven. However you want to slice that. Yeah, somewhere in there, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot, yeah. and <clears throat> the first season, it's it's at least the way that I experienced it was kind of all over the place um, for the most part. I mean, the show's kind of um, trying to find its footing. So we talked just briefly about the pilot. How about like as you moved along, what did, what was your general impression of these stories that they were telling? in this first season did you like them generally not like them maybe indifferent okay so one of the things that i realized probably about episode five or six is um the big difference between star wars and star trek for me is volume there is so much more star trek and so really when the stinkers kind of come in like episodes that you really don't like you can just ignore those altogether and still have an enjoyable thing that you like. With Star Wars, episode one is one ninth of the franchise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's true. Like, and so um, if you if you don't like a particular uh, a particular episode, um, all right, let's move on. The next the next episode. I also really enjoy the fact that I don't have to watch one episode to enjoy another. It's it's not built that way. It's built to where each each episode stands on its own. And there are times whenever they'll like essentially set up a cliffhanger at the last. Oh well, let's go deal with the Romulans, and that's what the like the last thing that they say. And then the next episode starts. There's no Romulans. They've dealt with the Rom. That, that happened a long time ago. <laughs> it's just yeah. this is something else <clears throat> yeah. that happens altogether. So. Um, yeah, yeah, that is the exact th- exact thing that we were talking about uh, recently when we were uh, we were talking about Strange New Worlds, the new Star Trek show with uh, Anson Mount playing Captain Pike. That's going to be coming out probably sometime in twenty one, maybe twenty two by now. Uh, is this is this idea of episodic versus serialized storytelling and how you know Next Generation and even before that with both Star Trek and Star Trek the animated series it was all episodic so do you think that there's something about episodic storytelling that gives it an edge over serialized or or not so much um I I just again I think it's just a different craft right like I think that what gives it the edge is that I can turn it on it where honestly where it gives it the edge is it's in its syndication in the syndication of it, it can play forever and be there forever, and it's going to be just fine. 
I personally like serialized television. I mean, I, I like, listen, I think Breaking Bad is probably one of the best shows that's ever been made, right? And so um, when you look at it and you have to be part of it every week to understand it, I feel like there's a little bit more buy-in. But then again, I'm talking about a TV show or about a franchise where, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know of any Breaking Bad con. You know what I'm saying? But there's Star Trek. There's Star Trek conventions all the time, everywhere, right? So, um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I don't. I don't know of any Brekkies. You know what I'm saying? But I know of Trekkies. See, you know. So I'm just saying, like, I, I'm. I could. I'm probably Baddies. wrong here. Um, <laughs> baddies. Well, then. Bad yeah, con. Bad. Bad con. Who knows? Um, <laughs> So, so maybe I'm may, maybe I'm the one that's wrong here. I just it's just what I enjoy. But I do like the fact that I can turn it on, and I don't have to try to remember. Oh, who is this? What is this? Um, you know, whenever they're gonna talk about the, uh, you know, whenever they're gonna talk about Klingons, Klingons. Woo, there you go. Whenever they're gonna talk mm. about Klingons, like they're going to in every episode that they talk about Klingons let you know what their deal is <laughs> and so um that's a true story yes yeah. very true and story so if if you miss <laughs> the first time that Worf actually gets to have to like have a conversation with other klingons like that's okay because the next time you see Klingon, you're gonna learn you're gonna learn about that and so mm-hmm. there's uh there's there's a bit of benefit there the only you know the only kind of serial and that's probably why the my favorite episodes of the show were the ones that had that serialized feel of coming of age and conspiracy. I mean, even though they're what five, six episodes apart, that the idea of what they set up and coming of age with trying to, um, you know, quiz, uh, Jean Luc and quiz, um, you know, commander Riker and when, and having all that happen, to find out if essentially whose side that they're on all that comes back in conspiracy at the end. That's, but that's probably why that's my favorite storyline. Um, I don't know. I don't What, what, what are your thoughts on those episodes? Are those some of your favorites or I don't know, is that against or did, how do Trekkies typically feel about those? You said coming of age. And what was the other one? Conspiracy. Conspiracy. So, um, Coming of, I really, let me say this. I really like Conspiracy. That is like one of the most controversial episodes of Star Trek because of how it plays out. And it was actually, um, like, there was like a letter writing campaign that happened in the 80s. And it was actually, like, taken off the air in, like, certain countries and things like that. It was a hot mess. Uh, really? Because of, like, yeah. Yeah, because of, like, the explosion that happens at the very end with Conspiracy. Yeah. Because yeah, of man. the, because of the, you said the explosion. Yeah, like the, and like the the shooting and and all that stuff. Like there's the ex, the ex, air quotes excessive violence that happened at oh. Starfleet Command. I'm watching it with 2020 lenses. It's pretty it's 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 pretty tame, from my point of view. Yeah, and and even me like watching that for the first time like around. 2004, 5, 6 I mean it was still pretty tame but like at the same time like the way that they lit it it was it was still kind of creepy in a little a little way but um, okay. coming of age I really liked um, as well uh, because it was 
it was very psychological and we really got to you know understand more about the application side of Starfleet Academy and what these applicants might have to go through. Do I think it's kind of silly that they can only choose one? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit, and and uh, but that's okay. I mean, I think that they. I I don't know. I like Wesley. I'm not I'm not on the I hate Wesley bandwagon like so many others are. Um, I, I like I like the fact that they give him stakes right away. Right, like when when uh, I don't remember what episode that it is, but when. Um, when Picard finds out that like Wesley's important, like you, hey Picard, we can't tell you everything, but you just need to understand. I come from the future. That one, that one's important. Yeah. And so to give him stakes right away, um, listen, is he a whiny bratty kid for sure, right? But I, I still, I still like the character because, uh, I don't know, because because he has stakes. I, I yeah. don't know that anybody else has stakes in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, fun fact is that the guy that played the Traveler, um, Eric Menyik, I think is how you pronounce his name, he was originally... He was, it was down to him and Brent Spiner for the role of Data. Oh, okay. So he was like that close to being cast as Data, which would have made things probably totally different yeah. for the show. Totally different. Data's uh, great. Um, I'm not a big fan of hol- the holodeck episodes. Where the holodeck breaks? It, it ha- all the time. All the time. All the friggin' time. Why do we even it's have so, a holodeck? It's so buggy. Why are we doing this? The only reason we have engineers on this ship is to fix the holodeck. Fix the holodeck. That's it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of any, really any of the holodeck episodes. I'm not a huge fan of them. Okay, you you know like the more you you go along in uh, in next gen, you, that might be redeemed. I'm just saying. Okay, I'm I'm. By the way, my mind is still open. I have not made any final decisions <laughs> to anything. I'm I'm willing to let things be redeemed. Yeah. So I think, I think my favorite. There there are um, season one isn't my favorite season, but I think one of my more favorite episode is the Binar episode where the Binars try and hijack the Enterprise and Riker is stuck in the holodeck and it basically breaks but it gives him a really realistic woman yeah I thought that was a great episode and like they reused some some shots from uh, the original series movies which was great too I love that callback Um, yeah but yeah there's there's a lot of really good ones that stand out. Were, were there any duds for you? Like one, you're like, God, man, like I never want to see that again. Like not even if I'm in like prison. Please don't give me that. Oh, I don't think that I'm that invested in any of them. I will say this because you brought up uh, Commander Riker and uh, and the lady friend. If 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 Commander Riker has any any stakes at all. I, I feel like it's spending time with the ladies. I feel like the only reason he goes on missions, like he's like, he volunteers for every away team as long as there's going to be ladies there. And anytime he doesn't get to go on away team, he always asks, are there, are there ladies there? I feel, I feel like there's, there's, I don't know. What, was he supposed to be the sex symbol on the show? Is that, was that, was that what he was designed to be? 
he was more or less supposed to be the Kirk of of this show. Okay. So not the Captain Kirk, but like the swagger and the stuff like that of Kirk from in but in this show. Okay. And Kirk Kirk being famous for you know, getting the ladies, being very charming and things like that. That was part of the embodiment of the the character of Riker. Okay. And then so so I guess they wanted Picard to have more of like a I don't know, like an ethical high ground maybe, you know, that he's mm-hmm. above all of that. Is that was that the idea? Mm-hmm. Certainly. Okay. And and even um, if you remember in I think it's if it's not Encounter at Farpoint, it's certainly the next episode when they're talking about away missions how Riker's like, yo, dude, I don't want you to come because of Starfleet regulation, blah, 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 blah. And I don't want you to die. I care more about um, your safety than anything else. Which is kind of him brown-nosing Picard, which I'm okay with. Yeah, but he was also like, um, also, you, you can't come down there because you might, you might tell me no when I see... <laughs> when I see. <laughs> you might take my lady. <laughs> yeah, I got... I gotta go to Angel One and and be be dominated by women. <laughs> so I don't. I think you know this about me, Seth. But um, so I cosplay uh, whenever I can. What? And yeah, yeah. I got and like almost all my Star Trek costumes are like Riker outfits. And there was um, a friend of Michelle and I that uh, asked if I would ever do the Angel One outfit like with the big old gaping chest like with like that deep plunge and everything i'm like mm, yeah, hard pass hard this pass has to happen no no no. this is this is gonna happen sure. <laughs> you know if you if I you will, or someone will, makes you it will. for me you you make it if you make it i'll wear it how about that oh um it's being recorded sewing skills <laughs> or Julie or some seamstress seamster is there so wait are all so side side trail or is is everyone that sews a seamstress is it like gender neutral because there's seam seamster I don't even know right now man (laughs) this is real talk right now Seth come on get with it yeah I know welcome to (laughs) Welcome to the Voyages of the Tailors. That's what we're doing right now. I think it's a seamstress and a tailor. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think we should take a vote between the two, two of us and decide if it's just unified with seamstress and seamster. I'm just saying. Alexa, what is... <laughs> Alexa... Maybe Taylor is the the appropriate one, and I'm just completely spazzing out. But I like Seamster. I like Seamster for sure. But a spinster is also a female. It's not a spinstress. Yes. That's true. I don't know. I don't know, man. Oh, good grief. So, yeah, anyway, if you or someone makes that deep plunge Angel One Riker outfit, I'll wear it. And um, I don't know if I'll like it, but I'll wear it. So. Okay, a, a, a seamstress and a tailor are two different op- occupations. Hot dog. Um, All right, man. Real okay. talk. Okay, so a, a man who sews and does not do tailoring can be called a clothier. A woman can be called a clothier as well, but has become to mean someone who merchandises in clothing. 
A man may be called a dressmaker, especially if he has created his own clothing line. A seamstress and a tailor are two different occupations. So, a seamstress specifically refers to a female. Guys, welcome to These Are the Voyages. Uh, the, ter <laughs> the, term, the term for the male counterpart to a seamstress is, get this, seamster. You win. Woo! You win. Come on now! Taylor, Taylor, gender neutral. There we go. I did a thing. I did a thing. I didn't even have to use my Google. Um, I did. I did have to use the Googles. I'm, I'm proud I of you. It. I'm very, very yeah. proud. Gosh. <laughs> oh, so, good grief. So help, help me out. Speaking yeah. of, um, speaking of ridiculous outfits and, mm -hmm. and my favorite scene of Lieutenant Yar whenever she's trying to I was that like in the first episode when she's trying to um, seduce was it Riker who did she try to seduce? data oh data. data yes yeah yes of course um, let me the let naked me now is is it is it skin of evil where lieutenant Yar passes away yes dude I didn't like that episode no, you didn't like the uh, the Metamucil covered goop. I mean, I didn't mind the Metamucil. Listen, you gotta you gotta work with what you got, you know. I mean, in in eighty seven or eighty eight, whenever this was, you whatever. Gotta, you gotta stay regular. Mm. Yeah, for for sure. But man, I I didn't like it, but only because they took away my Lieutenant Yar. She, dude, she was she was fierce. I, she was great. Would you have jumped in that goop with her? Would you have had like oh. a Jack and Rose moment with her? Um, I don't know. How big was the door? There is no door. Jack and Titanic, the door. How big <laughs> is the door? Um, <laughs> Jack. Um, I'm just saying they both could have fit on the door. I'm just saying it would it would didn't make any sense. Good job, James Cameron. Um, I don't know. I I I don't I don't know. I'm not saying I was in love with her. I'm just saying I had a crush on her. Okay. Yeah. But also, like, is there a reason that they wrote her off of the show in the first season? Yes, there is. Okay. That, so, that's the only reason I came on this on your podcast is to find this information out. Absolutely, because you know Star Trek .com or Wikipedia. No. Is, no. no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. So here's what happened. Um, if, I'll, I'll try my best to give you the very short version of this. So basically, she felt like she was being underused. And part of the story goes that she wasn't too keen on being associated with Star Trek. So she was like, I want out, basically. That's basically what happened. And so she has to be written off. Mm -hmm. And she got oh, done man. out of her contract, and bye-bye. Well, they didn't replace her character. They just kind of moved Worf over. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there so, was a lot of movement that happened following her death, for sure. Yeah. Um, also, I, can and, we, and if we need to wait till the next time I come on and we talk about season two, that's fine. Um. I do not like the new doctor. Ooh, that's a good teaser for uh, for the next episode of Seth Trek. I love it. Okay, okay. So I don't like the new doctor, but and we'll find out why. 
real soon. It yeah. might have to do with the fact that she refuses call, to call data data. Yeah, data. Data. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Neither that, here nor there, but. But yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of changes that are happening um, there towards the end, and some of, I think, I think when it, if you watch it on. Oh, I'm probably gonna put my foot in my mouth on this one. I know that the way they were produced, her death scene, like that episode, so Skin of Evil was shot before another one, and as a result, the way it shows, I think on like Netflix or Hulu or something like that, it's shown out of order, basically. So she dies, and then the next one, she's in it, and it's kind of weird. So you have to kind of like know what you're doing. At least I think that's what it was, unless like somewhere along the line they fixed it. But that's last I've heard about just that fun little production factoid about Tasha. So there's hope. I know you watched on Amazon, but if you want to see your girl again, man, just try another streaming service and see what happens. Oh no, I I, I get it. Hey, let me ask you another question. This is this I love is for, questions. For me. I like knowing things. Does and telling lore things. ever come back? From, Did he from data lore? Yeah. Do, do, no. Does he like? Does that thing come back where where data has to fight himself again later? How data much? Lore? So wait, you're you're into season two already? But barely. I mean, just like I've just peeked over the curtain. I mean, I could tell you, but okay. So that's but it, a yes. That's but it fine. would spoil things. Okay, no, that, that that's fine. I'm not. I, I wasn't a big fan of of that storyline. But again, I'm I'm open for all things to be mm -hmm. able to uh, to you know get redeemed. Because again, if it's a stinker, you move on to the next episode, and, and, and you can still enjoy it. And that's the thing. Like, I don't want to continuously. Badger episodic versus um, serialization because I think some people might think that's that's what I do that I prefer episodic over serialized and I don't. I think there's there's a time and a place for both forms of storytelling. I am in love with 24. Like I watch that every week. I never missed an episode. Like in the t eight, nine, ten years it was on, including the miniseries when it was revived. I didn't miss a single episode. Uh, one because my parents were too cheap to have like a TiVo or or that DVR nonsense when it was first coming out in the early 2000s. You know what I'm saying? And I could I wasn't smart enough to figure out how to record on a VCR. Who does that? I didn't do that. Um, I, I'm gonna raise my hand because I did it every week with Lost. When I'm Lost proud of came you. out. See, yeah. you are a smarter man than I am. So I'm gonna give up the center seat and let you take over then. Oh no no! Um, that was definitely my wife who figured out how to do that because, <laughs> yeah, she she did it for sure. Okay, but yeah, I like, was already. By the way, that's how old I am. I was already married when Lost was out. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I was. I was not. I was not. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, whether it was twenty four, you know, Game of Thrones, how, whatever you think about. Game of Thrones and how it ended. I like that kind of stuff, like what they did with the serialization. And with the episodic, you're right. If if something sucks, or if there's a couple ones that suck, for one, 
the characters don't remember that it happened until they're told that it happened, you know, a season, two, three, four seasons later. That happened. Yeah. But along the way, you're getting good character development and growth and interactions that you might not get in the same way with one single story in yeah. serial, serialization. At least that's my opinion on that. Well, do you know what the longest episodic TV show, longest running episodic TV show is? Pretty sure it's Doctor Who, isn't it? Mm, sorry, bro. It is actually WWE Monday Night Raw. How about them apples? So I'm a bit of a wrestling fan. There's some some things for me, but here's the deal: what the thing that I hate the most about wrestling right now is that the writers expect me to have a very short memory and not remember that things happened however far back, right? And so it's really hard for me if you if you were a wrestling fan at one point and you go and try to like step into it, it's really really difficult to step into it because you have to know all the things that have been going on, but they only really count the last six weeks and anything beyond past six weeks, nah, they don't remember, it's fine. So that's one of the things that I do like about um, The Next Generation is that they develop characters so that you care about the characters, but then they don't have to harp on just those one characters, right? Like they, like now that when the next episode comes, now there's nuance. Now, now there are stakes. Now there's things going on that um, that that now matter, right? Like Wesley now matters. We, he he matters. Mm-hmm. Whether whether you like him or as a character or not, he matters. Um, Data, like you learn a lot about Data and who he is and like how he develops, and so now all of a sudden he matters. Yeah. Um, the same the same thing with. Uh, the same thing with Jordy. Whenever he talks about taking off his visor and the pain that he's in all the time, and like all of a sudden, okay, you have something to connect with him. So later on in you know maybe season two, I don't know, I don't remember exactly where this happens because I'm I'm like eight episodes into season two, guys. Um, but when someone says, "Hey, I can fix this for you," um, well, does it take away who I am? Okay, well then no. Because this is part of who I am. So you start to actually care about people because they develop them in these small ways in each episode. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you'd missed that episode, it doesn't really change the storyline. It just changes how much you care about the storyline next time those those things come around. Yeah, for sure. So. For sure. Well, um, we've kind of been been all over the place talking about like these different things including seamster and seamstress so um so far it's been been a pretty pretty good talk so um how many uh vulcan salutes out of five would you give this this uh first season of next gen oh okay um again i've seen i've seen it one pass had, yeah. I've had one pass. I'm. I could probably. Are, are we allowed to do half salutes? <laughs> yeah. Are we doing half salute? We can do a half salute. That's fine. No, no, no. I mean, like, I, I would probably say somewhere around three and a half. Right. Okay. Um, that's probably. Sorry. Um, something just went crazy with my microphone. Um, I would probably say somewhere around three and a half. And the reason that I would say that is just because 
there are some episodes that are not that compelling in this. However, it is very enjoyable and it has me hooked and keep it on going, right? Anything, you know, less than three, I'm probably not going to watch. Um, I will say that the end of the season is better than the beginning of the season. I honestly think conspiracy should have been the last episode. It should have been the season finale. Neutral zone was like, like kind of pointless to me. Like after, after the drama of conspiracy, that should have been the season finale. Um, and so honestly, that storyline, I, I hope there's more to the fact that there's some, unrest in Starfleet. I hope there's more to that, but I'm just going to have to hold on and wait. So because of that, I'm still going. So I would say three and a half, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards, I'm leaning towards four. So how, how do I do that? Is that, the, is that, is that it? Did I do it? Am yeah. I yeah. It right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's okay, good. Cool. Nailed okay, cool. it. Nailed it. that four times. Boom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with you on the, the conspiracy thing that, um, that is a show that, myself and quite a few few fans think and believe that 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 should have been the finale because neutral zone is like okay i mean you're you're a decent episode but okay for like a finale i mean you had high stakes stuff and it could have really that could have been a really good connecting point leading into to season two potentially and um and and change the the trajectory entirely for well, for next gen. It, again, Neutral Zone would have been very compelling if it was a serialized episode and those people were actually important. Right? But I don't know, and they might be later. I don't know. But the fact, you know, if those people don't come back in season 2, the the people that were frozen, the crowd then then what's the point, right? Yeah. So So yes, so so, so this is this is um, a little random, uh, just some fun factoids before we kind of um, start to, you know, wrap things up for today. Um, so LeVar Burton's character, so the Reading Rainbow guy, uh, Jordy yeah. LaForge, uh, he his character was named after an actual fan named Jordy LaForge. Oh, that's cool. So Jordy LaForge um, had uh, he was he was a quadriplegic fan. Um, and he died in 1975. Um, and Gene Roddenberry somehow caught wind of this and just how big of a fan the real life Jordy was. And he factored that into the naming of a character. So that's uh, really fun, cool. Fun little callback um, that the creator did. And uh, Wesley, um, another fun little thing too, is that Wesley is actually the middle name for Gene Roddenberry. So the character of Wesley was meant to be essentially a vehicle. Um, him, you know, being like a dance mom, basically to live vicariously through the character essentially. So, um, yeah. And the, the creators were dead set on having, having, um, a French captain and they're like, well, we don't know why, why we didn't just change his name. And they just came up with like this excuse that, you know, like, well, the British, they take over France eventually, including their names and their culture. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or at least so the story goes. And that's why we have a British uh, French captain, basically. Okay. I, 
I, I didn't realize that that was a thing. I just, I figured like, okay, I'm going to suspend disbelief and this guy's French, but he wasn't. Is that what I'm being told? Yeah. And, and this isn't really a spoiler, uh, but like in the very first episode of Star Trek Picard, he's speaking French to his dog. So I don't know, man, I'm just here. Okay. I'm just talking. I can speak French, but I'm going to leave that one alone. So can I tell you that the reason that I picked TNG to actually start is because I want to watch Picard, but I don't think that it's right to start watching Picard without knowing his history. There we go. So so that that that's why. I am very interested in seeing something gritty. Um and I it it has that look, it has that feel. Mm-hmm. You know, very very much Logan aka Wolverine. That that the the Logan movie. I'm kind of by the way, also Patrick Stewart. Come on. So, so right? I, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah, it's Don't ruin it's it for me. It's 10 episodes and like any show, it's got its high and low points, but overall, it's it's a good show. Is it serialized? It is serialized, yeah. Ooh. Okay, see? This is what I'm working towards, guys. This is what I'm working towards. <laughs> it's your carrot. It is your yeah. carrot. It, not not even a carrot. This is your carrot cake. Ooh, um, I'm not a fan of carrot cake. <laughs> Can it just be regular birthday cake? Yeah, yeah. Cookie. Okay. <laughs> cheesecake. <laughs> I, I like birthday cake. Whatever, man. Superman ice cream. I don't care what it is. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Seth. Well, you have been a very good sport um, with talking the first season of uh, The Next Generation with me. So thank you for uh, for that. Thank you for your time. And um, is is there – I know that you you put a plug in for um, for the show – did you you recently created like a website and I think some other areas of connection? I don't remember you plugging at the beginning. Is that right? Did I miss that? I d- yeah, I did plug, but we can do it again. We're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all at Dropping Sunday. Obviously, one word. And right. then the website is www.droppingsunday.com. That's a really great place to go because if you go to subscribe, you can actually see whatever listening platform that you like to listen to and just subscribe to it directly from there. You can also listen to it directly on the website. Uh, and so that that's that's some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you. You host through Podbean, so um, that's who we host through also. So yeah. um, while you're, you know, listening to us, just you know, hop on over in the search engine and stuff. If you're listening on the app, and just give them a like and, and a follow yeah. and stuff, or subscribe. It's good stuff. Um, definitely, you need guys need to listen to Christianese. You yeah. you need to listen to Christianese one and two. And um, let me let me just ask you this: more inside joke time. Um, as we as we start to sign off after doing this Seth how's your heart oh thank you so much for asking um Andrea never asks me how my heart is and so um (laughs) shade to my co-host who's also one of my very best friends um my heart my my heart is not only edified and and refreshed but uh it's also energized Ooh, I see what you did there to go watch season two See, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm picking if, up Shirley if, now. If it's all right, if it's all right with you, um, probably as soon as we get off 
this little recording. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start again on season two, as long as you'll make it so. Oh, I will make it so, and I will boldly go. And you're still in my line. How dare you? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I apologize. It's all good. All right, guys. Well, again, Seth, thank you for uh, for coming in and um, talking Star Trek: The Next Generation season one with us. Um, guys, what I mean, if you guys haven't seen uh, Next Gen yet, um, or really any Star Trek, um, come on, let's let's join in and let's watch this together. Let's let's do some Seth Trek together, basically. And I'm not talking about the Orville. Um, what are your thoughts on on Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation season one? Uh, let us know. Uh, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, all at TRTVPod. And uh, if you found the Facebook page, you found the group, we'd love to connect with you there. Um, join the community, and we have some fun conversations going back and forth there, too. Now, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that by opening up hailing frequencies by entering in coordinates TRTVPod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. That's 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute time limit, and your comments may be used on a future episode of These Are the Voyages. Now, if you guys didn't know, we do have a website that we just uh, made live. And you can go there. You can check it out at trtvpod.com. In the Handling Frequencies tab, there's a drop-down menu for you to choose what you'd like to react to, what you'd like to send us. And that has to do with... You know, thoughts and opinions on the show. Um, it could be ideas for future shows. It could also be your Trek story or maybe just something else in general. So make sure you check out trtvpod.com. Now, finally, if you're old school and you want to use that Captain Kirk, you know, tablet thing and send us a note, you can do that by sending, some to, sending something to the Lone Star Station at P.O. Box 2455, Azle, Texas, A-Z-L-E, 760 Nine eight, guys. Once again, thank you for, uh, for talking about this generation with us. And as always, may you boldly go and make it so.